Hello, one and all, welcome to All Out Fallout. Bum, bum, bum. What was that? What happened at the media scrum? <laughs> it never gets old. It never gets old. Um, so topical. <laughs> you know, that's the kind of guys we are. But um, no, we're going to jump right into it because there was a hell of a lot of matches to discuss. Um, yeah, four of which matches. took place at the uh, zero hour. It's not a buy in anymore, is it? The zero hour. So the first the one. Zero hour, right? I prefer buy-in. <laughs> yeah, I think it makes sense for double or nothing to have the buy-in. It's very conceivable team. But, I don't yeah. know, but all in and all out are like gambling terms, aren't they? This is true. Aren't okay. um, they? Uh, I don't know. I'm, I'm all in on it being so, yes. Um, yeah. <laughs> so the first one, before we go into it, I just want to give a shout-out to Slam Wrestling because AW Tony Khan, if you're listening to this, Make your media more accessible. How are you going to get pictures of what happens if you don't post them anywhere? Do you get That's me? Fair point. How are you meant to go? Well, here's you know a screenshot or a capture of, of the match we're talking about because they don't fucking exist. So, in fact, do your damn job. while we're talking about it, make your wrestlers more accessible as well. Yeah. <laughs> stop, blo <laughs> stop blocking us, you know. And who. you know what? Make your shows more accessible. Get your ass <laughs> over to England. I know. You've been going on about it for ages. Do it, will you? Anyway. You know. Uh, I don't know, probably. <laughs> so the first one to talk about is uh, Sammy Guevara and Ty Mello taking on Ortiz and Ruby Soho. Well, I've noticed this a few times when we were talking to a certain person earlier who uh, will be released later on in the week. Um, oh, it's getting released. Is she going by <laughs> Mello now? Yeah, so obviously um, Conti was her former husband's name. So now that obviously oh. she's married to Sammy... Um, she's going by Mello. Don't know why she's not going by Guevara, but hey ho. Ty Guevara doesn't really sound the best, so yeah. Um, but yeah, this match was okay. Uh, it was a nice little throwback to the uh, the golf cart spot with Sammy yeah, yeah. to kick things off, to be fair. So I enjoyed that. But yeah, it was. I don't know, they didn't come out dressed to wrestle or anything like that, so it kind of felt a bit thrown together. Um, but. Yeah. It's kind of a goofball match, wasn't it, really? Yeah. You know? Well, Sammy and Ty are the, uh, the intergender champs for some promotion somewhere, so I think it was pretty clear they were going to... That's what those belts were. Yeah, they're going to pick up the win, and, and they did. So, nothing too surprising. Uh, heels get the win uh, in the opening contest. We then moved on to Hook taking on Angelo Parker, which was a random thing, to be fair. Um, it was for the... Um, I mean... Do you give a hook? <laughs> it was for the FTW belt, and uh, yeah, it basically we got Action Bronson was involved, who obviously records Hook's entrance theme. So he was there. Not that Hook needed him or anything like that, but he came in at the end to celebrate with him. So that's uh, yeah, that was kind of nice. nice. But I don't think anyone thought Hook was going to lose, especially on a no, it'd be again massively the wrong choice to have him lose on it. Angelo Parker. Uh, the next match was quite short, to be fair. I thought they'd be given more time, but it was Pac taking on the returning Kip Sabian uh, for the All-Atlantic yeah. Championship. I, I'm a little gutted they didn't give it more time. Like, yeah. I, I want to put some respect on that championship for starters, but obviously yeah. we have a bit of an affinity for both of these guys being local lads. So you, you well, want exactly. a bit more time served here, but... 
you know, stuff like that, like the fact that two Brits are fighting for the um, for the belt in the first place is, is awesome. But, yeah, the Kip didn't get much time. And, obviously, it was a pretty convincing win for Pac as well. So, considering he's been gone for so long, for him to come back and basically just lose straight away. Didn't. I mean, in a sense, I'm not too bothered by that because it's like, well, we haven't started building them yet, so he can, mm. he can suffer a loss. So, they won't yeah. really affect it. I mean, he came straight he was back in the middle of a tear match, and then, so. Yeah. Yeah. You know. Doesn't need well, to win them all, does he? At the end of the day, he's, I'm, he's I'm team Pac, if I'm honest. Yeah, yeah. me too. You I, I want to be part of Death Triangle. Me too, man. Me too. Um, which we'll we'll talk a little bit about them later because there's uh, some changes to some of the outcomes of these matches, which we'll get onto. You know, and <laughs> the final match on Zero Hour was Eddie Kingston taking on Tomohiro Ishii, and it was as you expected. To be fair, it was a lot of chops, a lot of stiff kicks um, and not a lot else really. Again, some people love these kind of matches. I'm not going to compare it to Sheamus versus Gunther because not enough chops. to be fair and the Sheamus Gunther match was significantly better but I think Dave loved this match and stuff as well so it's just, it's one of those there's definitely a market there for it. It was fine it was okay but the problem the thing I've got, and I know it was a rematch between them and Ishii won it and stuff, and the commentary team mentioned it in passing, but it was never built, and it was just like, here's a throwaway match, and when they do that, especially with guys who I don't really care about, no offence to Ishii, yeah. but... It's, no, it's hard to get that investment, isn't it, when yeah. they haven't really been built enough for us, for us to care about? Exactly. Like, this is the trouble with some of these, and I'm not saying, like, there are fans who probably got a lot more out of this, but, like... Tony tends to do this a fair bit where he rely on like you watching other promotions and indie promotions to go, Oh, I know who that guy is, so there's no doesn't need to be any build. He's brought someone in, it's well, I know who that guy is. Yeah. And, and um, we'll uh, we'll talk about like that. Us. Talk about that later as well. We'll talk about Death Triangle because I realised a very interesting point around um how much Tony relies on you watching, you know, stuff online or elsewhere in order to learn valuable information. So we'll talk about that as well. But, yeah, this match was fine. Kingston got the win, makes it 1-1. So, yeah, fans were happy. That's why. That's what the fans were happy. So, let's talk about the very first match of the night. It was the Casino Ladder match, and I am keen to get your thoughts on this. I fucking loved it. Yeah, I did. Some people I, um, hated I'm this. I'm also very smug that it kind of panned out how I... <laughs> I want to say it kind of I predict. To, to be fair, not true. But. No, to be fair, you pretty much called this whole thing um, absolutely right. So credit where it is due. Um, I don't even think I considered him rocking up in this match. To be fair, which there you go, silly of me. But yeah, you called the whole thing, man. But the only thing I will say, and I'm curious to know because you're usually good at these things. How confident were you that was MJF? A million percent. Yeah. I knew, obviously, that it wasn't him who was climbing the ladder and stuff like that. I was like, well, obviously, that's definitely not MJF. Um, but then, obviously, as soon as... Like, the thing I didn't get as well, right, which I, I guess he tried to explain it, was, for me, um, Stokely Hathaway won that much. He climbed the ladder and he got the chip. And they were like, oh, no, only one of the participants of the match can... So it's like, well, what? So... I don't know, it kind of invalidated it for me. I feel like whoever, yeah, whoever takes that down should win. But either way, if you can overlook that, I think as soon as... I don't know, it was just so... It was so unexpected, wasn't it? Because obviously you find out it's like Stokely and uh, you know, this little faction, and there's this weird music starts playing, and it's like, hmm, 
Return of the Devil, or whatever it's called. Should know that, that. that that mask's fucking horrible, though. Yeah. <laughs> it's, I don't even mean in like, a, oh, that's that's horrible, it's scarier. I mean, like, it, it's just fucking awful. I don't like yeah. that mask at all. No. Um, but it's one of them. As soon as he started coming down, you could just tell. The fact he had gloves on, so you couldn't see his, um, you know, fake tanned hands that he's uh, so... Yeah. Yeah, they they put too much effort into you not being able to identify him in any way that you realise who it is. Yeah. I mean, it's in part of me wonders whether they should have done something even longer, like we didn't find out who it was. Because I like the way, you know, I I mean, he did do little stuff, didn't he? Like the little wiping his feet before he got in stuff. It was very MJF, the little spin that he did. So it was easy to tell. It would have been maybe even better if they just didn't reveal who it was. He came down, you know, not doing any of his mannerisms, came in, took it, T's taking the mask off and just walked off and we never heard from him again the whole night. Would have been pretty cool because then that would have been like, well, who is that guy who's, who, you know, for much longer? But, mm. you know, I did like what they did, but we will, I really, we will touch on uh, We will get to it, but I really enjoyed the way they executed the end as well, though. Oh, God, yeah. That was, uh, that was really good. So, <sighs> the next match, uh, we crowned new trios champions, Anthony. Now, when we spoke well, last... long may they reign... <laughs> Um, last we spoke about this, we um, were very confident that it was going to be best friends or another team that was going to end up facing the young, well, the elite. Uh, I don't think either of us saw Hangman stepping in and working with the Dark Order. So, fair play. That one was a bit of a swerve. And I like... I like all the kind of history between these teams in this match, like with Hangman kind of stopping the rest of the Dark Order from, you know, hurting Kenny Omega even more and things like that. So there's a lot of nice touches here, and ultimately it was pretty much a no-brainer that the Elites were going to be the ones to win it, because that's basically why they didn't debut the trio titles until Kenny was back. Yep. So which holding them out for that long really, yeah. really helped. Looking yeah, at where we are it now. A, it was a worthwhile decision, I would say. Um, yeah, but again, definitely worth holding them out for Kenny. <laughs> we'll come on to them. Uh, so the next one to talk about, really short match this. I was surprised how short it was. Jay Cargill versus Athena. Um, I didn't even see it. I mean, how Athena... How short it was, didn't know what happened. <laughs> Athena got some offence in, uh, but Jade basically was too much for it, was the story. So... Considering what, what a veteran Athena is, I expect them to lean into this a little bit more. And but... uh, yeah, to be fair, and this is further pushes into this whole belief that you know Tony's not given the women's division long enough. This kind of really did that. Well, uh, I'm st- I'm very much on Team Jade here, but this yeah. would have been the shortest match of the night if it wasn't for a match we'll talk about in a sec. But um, yeah, it was was basically the second shortest match. It was over in about three minutes. So mm. that's what she said. We new record. Personal best. The next one to talk about. I love this. Uh, I didn't. I mean, the match itself was fine. Don't get me wrong, but I loved the the ending to it. We got Wardlow team with FTR to take on Jay Lethal and the Moti City Moti Motor City Machine Moti. Guns. The Moti City the Machine Moti. Guns. And uh, yeah, again, no surprises here. Wardlow and FTR pick up the win. But I love the fact that um, Dax's daughter came down at the end wearing a fight like an eight-year-old yeah. girl t-shirt yeah, well, um, and all that kind of stuff. So, yeah, obviously, as as dads, we we got a soft spot for that kind of thing. Get, so. Gets your heart strings, doesn't it? It does. It does. So I was made up to see that. And, you know, obviously, it's not like Dax has had a hell of a, a time over the last couple of kind of years and stuff like that. So a really nice moment for, for him as well, um, as well as his daughter, which is cool. 
definitely. Oh, the next one. Uh, you, uh. Okay. <laughs> you called this one right uh, again. So it was Ricky Starks versus Powerhouse Hobbs. And was effectively a squash. Powerhouse absolutely kicked his ass. Now, my thought, Powerhouse went out. my thought process on this whole thing was Ricky Starks' promo, talking about, you know, he's had his time and all this, and he hasn't, and now's his time. Do, 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 do. As we remember from last week, that's a callback. But, yeah, Powerhouse Hobbs just kicked his ass. So, yeah. Because yeah, it's Powerhouse's Hobbs' time. <laughs> Powerhouse's Hobbs' time, yeah. That's the it's one. not... Not absolute Starks, absolute squash as well. It was. But, yeah. Indeed. I don't know what this means now. To be fair, I'd love to see... Especially squashed. <laughs> <laughs> I'd love Sorry. to see a heel powerhouse Hobbs versus a Wardlow, to be fair. Yeah. I'm That'd also cool. interested to see W. Morrissey taking on Wardlow as well, two massive just, guys. I just want to see big men fighting big men. Basically, big men slapping meat. It's my kind of thing, you know? That's what I meant to. Don't <laughs> Putting big things up against Wardlow. Like, I want to see. I want to see that. I want to see Wardlow fight a truck. <laughs> I mean, Braun Strowman can do it. Full Street Fighter style. Indeed. Do you know what? We didn't, I, I feel bad. We didn't even. Did, did we mention Braun Strowman? Was he in the news? I can't remember. Yes. Was he? Okay. Yes. Gonna say I feel bad. We didn't mention him, but we did. Fair play. Uh, the next one to talk about. I was fuming at this. Right. This is. If there's ever a time to call an audible, Tony, this was it. Because the fans fucking love the acclaimed. Everybody loves the acclaimed. Says me. Says me. Uh, yeah, I I popped so hard for the acclaimed in this match. It was probably the might be the best match of the night. I'm not gonna lie. And I don't mean that just because oh, it's the acclaimed and I'm a big fucking mark for the acclaimed. It was really good. I thoroughly enjoyed this match. Um, I love the. He really needs to recognise how over and how good the acclaimed are. He really does. Honestly. I I will make a bold prediction now. They're going to win the belt at Grand Slam, because he he saw that that night. You know, you've seen the Sesame Daddy Ass as the number one selling tea on pro wrestling tees. You know, I'm sure we're second. Um, oh. But, you know, there's the whole thing about the, the foam fingers and stuff like that. You know, the, the micro brawlers. The, basically, everybody loves the acclaimed, is what I'm saying. Uh, so, they deserve the belt. But they should have done it. He's not a very good rapper, but they're a good <laughs> The fans, the fans were proper into it, man. Um, so, again, it's, it's, it's the time when they should have gone, do you know what, we need to... Yeah, we need to change the outcome of this. But they just stuck with it. And the fans were... It, it sucked all the fucking... The... the what, enthusiasm know, yeah the enthusiasm out of the arena when they lost um, and to see Swerve and uh, Keith Lee get booed so bad I like what they've done is to kind of continue that on Dynamite now so obviously the most anticipated Max Caster rap ever after that media scrum and Swerve comes out and interrupts him like oh okay so yeah they're yeah. doing a good job see that's where I, I go back to giving a little bit of credit of reading a room mm. and course correcting as they need so like, the, yeah, like you say they're leaning into that Good, but um, there's a lot of not good stuff Tony's done lately. This is true, um, but yeah, I thought that was, that was handled quite well. But yeah, the acclaimed absolutely have to win at um, you know that Grand Slam thing, whatever it's called. So Grand Slam, yes. The next one, were you surprised by this? So it was Tony Storm taking on Britt Baker, taking on Jamie Hater, taking on Hikaru I mean, Shida. Yes and no. I feel like they went with a really safe option here. 
Um, I said when we were doing the predictions that Jamie Hayter could be a dark horse here. Mm. Like she seems to probably the one of the least likely uh, in terms of like you know established wrestlers, but then that might be a good reason too because she's she's popular. She's definitely got the skill. Could be a good time to do it. Um, I'm glad out of the choices they went with Tony, but um, it just seemed like a really safe choice. Yeah, I think that's that's my kind of thing as well. Like, you know, she's a deserving champion. Don't get me wrong, but it did oh, just yeah. feel safe. I would have liked them to have maybe given Jamie Hayter a chance or done something a bit different. But they kind of went from babyface champ am, to babyface champ. I am happy, and this is no disrespect to her. I am happy it didn't go back to Brit. For, yeah, I mean, for the same reason, I think that would have been an even safer option for them. I feel like that would have been. I don't know if it would. Safer, to be fair, because I think it would have pissed off a lot of fans. But I think. I don't know. I'd prefer Brit. Brit to go after the TBS title now. Maybe, maybe, maybe that's what the, the way they'll go with it. To be fair, I, I think fans would be fuming if she's the one to beat Jade as well. But I don't know. I, we haven't seen enough of Brit now that she's not in the title scene, and mm. I think that Brit was always really good television. Um, Indeed. So, I love a dentist too. <laughs> I love a dentist, but it's like I was thinking when uh, obviously it was uh, it was Rebel's birthday the other day. We 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 sent a happy birthday thing to Rebel. I was thinking back to the um, some of the segments. I know some of it was in the pandemic era, but when they had like the little talk show and stuff together, and they had like the um, the fucking dentist's room match and stuff like that, they had some crazy shit that they did. Them too, um, and then you know all the stuff when she got injured with role model and all that, and we just yeah we just don't really see Brit anymore. And I feel like based on what happened after the media scrum, yeah, yeah, we've certainly gone on the. Um... On the back, like to to essentially make herself one of the pillars. Well, and now you don't see a lot of it. It's crazy, really. Exactly. You know, I feel like maybe they need to go in a bit of a new direction, which is, uh, you know, giving more spotlight to the original pillars. But we'll see, and we'll talk yeah, instead of the pillocks. Instead of the pillocks. <laughs> oh, Sorry. that's a shirt, isn't it? The four pillocks. <laughs> I don't know if we get away with that. Okay, that that that's got to be done. I'm gonna have to make that. <laughs> Even if it's just as a like a you know a meme, we've got to do that. So the next one to talk about, Anthony, was the shortest match of the night, and it didn't make any fucking sense. And I said this jokingly when we gave our predictions. I was like, um, so obviously we're talking about Jungle Boy versus Christian Cage, and I was like, well, yeah, unless uh, Luchasaurus turns on him again, and you were like, ah, oh, fuck no, they want to, and I was like, yeah, they won't do that anyway. Jungle Boy comes out. Where's where's me friend? Where's me friend Luchasaurus? Oh, there he is. Ah, jokes on. And yeah. Meanwhile, Christian Cage is in a full-on fucking arm cast in the ring, and yeah, Luchasaurus basically then puts him through a table or something as well. I think puts him in the ring. Jungle was like, I can still go, and then just gets beaten like six seconds. I know it sounds ridiculous, but you know this is this is factually accurate. Because dinosaurs are known to be very indecisive. <laughs> That's it's a little known fact about dinosaurs, mm. but they, they really they really change the mind quite a lot. So I understand where they're coming from with this one. Yeah, that's true. But um, I think the big news coming out of this, though, is it seems Christian Cage is injured and it will be out of action for quite a long time as well. So maybe this was them calling an audible of, we've built this all up and now we can't have the match, so we just need to have, you know, Further the story between Luchasaurus and Jungle Boy, maybe. So, yeah, I didn't love it, but you can potentially see why they did what they did. Yeah, it was stupid. The next match 
Again, shock ending, in my opinion. Keen to get your thoughts on it, but fantastic match. It was Brian Danielson taking on Chris Jericho. The Lionheart versus the American Dragon. I mean, I was never... I can't even remember who I predicted at the time. I was never sure who was going to come out of this one, to be honest. I was like, I was dead set it'd be Danielson. Dead really? set. Because the stuff that happened in the... Uh, you know, Jericho basically did him in, didn't he? Took him out of action, and they've had this whole redemption arc with um, Danielson where he's not being able to finish matches and is he coming back too soon and all this stuff. That was all because mm. of Jericho. So I was like, oh, okay, Danielson will win and get his... You know, get his win. Yeah, I suppose in that sense. But, you know, I don't think... I hate to say it, because I hate when they keep repeating things, but are, are we done with Jericho Danielson? Well... Still time for, the, for another, another match. I mean, actually, to be fair, based on what got revealed on Dynamite this week, I think they're scheduled to face each other next week, possibly. Number two, for a certain reason. So, yeah, you are right. But to be fair, the match um, was really, really good. And it's easy and they, to have a great match. These two were always going to perform. Weren't they? they were always going to perform. I was I was really torn. Like the both like considered some of the greatest in the world. And you could have given it to either of them. So I was re- I can't even remember who I predicted, to be honest, Carl. I'm sure you know. Uh, I'm sure when you were putting the zero on the score sheet for me, I'm sure you know. <laughs> you did quite uh, well, to be fair, and um, across I mean, everything. Yeah, call, I managed to call a couple of things this time, which is nice. Mm. Um, but yeah, I, I was really torn on on what to go with, and I'm not, I'm honestly not upset, really. You know, I, there wasn't mm. a, a decision in this one where I'd have been like, what the fuck are you doing that for? You know, I'm perfectly fine with it. But yeah, all round, it was a good match. Yeah, <laughs> that's what they should have called it, not all out, all round. Well, yeah, a lot, sounds, a lot of people like are. Um, <laughs> a lot of people Don't are upset Eddie Kingston. praising Jericho and his latest run, saying it's some of the best work he's ever done. Um, I'm not too sure about that, but um, he's definitely he's the comeback kid, man. People dogging him for ages, and then he's like, "Nah, I'm still awesome." Well, it's one of them. He did. He definitely did go through a little bit of a phase in like year two with AW, didn't he? Where you know he seemed a little bit more sluggish and stuff like that, and he's definitely massively improved. This is more like year one Jericho um, for sure um, and I like the way that he's continuing to maybe not even just reinvent himself but like he's utilising stuff he's been the pain maker he's been Lionheart he's been loads of other stuff in AW now as well so he is constantly you know, you know what I think um, it's funny you know because when we were talking to a certain person earlier who we're probably going to um, release later on this week um, he mentioned Chris Jericho and he mentioned Jericho historically saying when he was in WCW about um, any amount of TV time and he'll use it and he'll make the most of it and it just shows you like this is a, a, a guy who grew up watching wrestling, loving wrestling um, and even as far back as then you can go, yeah, Jericho has always tried to make the most of he, he, I, hats off to him in terms of the recreation of himself, the creativity of himself, like he's always been Top notch at that kind of thing, hasn't he? Oh, yeah, million percent. Um, so yeah, thoroughly enjoyed the match. It was, you know, delivered versus what it was advertised, in my opinion. But yeah, it was a, a shock ending, at least in my, uh, you know, from my point of view. Shocker. The next match we had was the penultimate match of the evening. It was Miro teaming up with Sting and Darby Allen to take on House of Black. And the babyface has got the win. Miro, Sting, Darby Allen, uh, defeating House of Black. Now, knowing what we know about Malachi taking an extended leave of absence 
from AW, the results probably make sense. But um, yeah. it was one of those matches. It kind of seemed a bit odd on paper of why it got put together. I don't think there was a massive amount of build in this one. It was just randomly one week, House of Black were like, hey, Miro, do you want to join us? And he was like, no. Yeah. And then next minute, he's with Sting and Derby. And it's like, well, How do you do? I think it's join House of Black then if you're going to align with people. But that aside, uh, yeah, standard match. Uh, it was a nice little kind of palate cleanser after the technical masterclass of Danielson and Jericho and before the main events that everybody, you know, was kind of waiting for essentially so it certainly wasn't a bathroom break but it was one to kind of just bring the you know get people down concentrate ahead of building them back up again for that main event and the main event Anthony was of course CM Punk John Moxley we saw this match a week and a half earlier (laughs) as long as you kept your eyes open long enough you saw the match yeah and it was a curious decision which we've said to curious I mean, the whole... Like, let's, let's be honest. Really fucking weird. The, let's be the honest. Choice. The whole thing was batshit crazy, wasn't it? Is this... If this was always going to be your main event for All Out, you don't give it away for free TV like, like a week and a half earlier and have Even if you do, the person make who's it going to go worth, ahead... Well, yeah, but you don't have the person who's going to go ahead and win that match, lose in three... What, what even was it? Three minutes? Less than three minutes, I believe. So... Yeah, bizarre booking decisions, and that, you know Tony said in the um, the pre all out not not the not the post scrum the pre all out scrum that he thought it was really good and more people were then anticipating to see the match and it was a different way to get them to the it was definitely different Tony because it was different but I think you're confusing different <laughs> and shit. <laughs> um, yeah, it was a it, it was a bizarre decision, especially when you know they were. I just right. Let I mean let's let's get let's get into the whole thing, shall we? So, because what what a clusterfuck this is. We had Punk get injured after becoming the the, the champ, so they've given you know the crown a new interim champion and John Moxley. They have the match to kind of unify the titles. Moxley kicks Punk's ass in three minutes, like only to then. Only to then have a rematch a week and a half later and, you know, lose that match clean. He hasn't lost a match on in AEW, I don't think, um, in like a year at least. So it was like a big loss for Moxley when you take that into account. And then only for Punk to have injured himself again in that match and now and be suspended as well. Before we go into full detail on that side, like I will give credit not so much to the match. The match was decent and confusing, as you say, why it was such a decisive win on Dynamite. But it was a decent match. Punk wins. Happy days. Absolutely loved the MJF stuff at the end. Yes. Absolutely. Yeah, I, I want to give credit to that. Had We have not have had all this controversy. That's what people will be talking about right now. Yeah. It, 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 was, it was brilliantly. It was really well done, wasn't it, to be fair? The fact that, obviously, it, the, you know, the lights go out and then it's... Like I think, I think even you said, didn't you? Like to be fair, you know, mad props to you because you called a lot of this. You said there needs to be a reason to explain why MJF would be inserted into the that makes sense and stuff like that. So for them to do it by a, you know, a leaked voicemail that basically says, you know, come back, it's for the fans. I'll give you loads of money and I'll put you in the ladder match. It's like that's a compelling enough reason for MJF to come back. So it all kind of made sense in a non-convoluted way. 
even the the slow I love I love when you get stuff like this with the audience reaction like the more you're learning the more you're confident who it is but then mm. the slow reveal when he puts the scarf on and you're like it fucking is it is yeah. I, I fucking loved everything and how it. It like brilliantly. how mental that what the single most booed man in Chicago like a year ago or whenever was fucking cheered you know so loud in that building more than punk um, yeah. everyone was absolutely beside themselves to see him back I am I'm curious about something here I don't know how you feel about this it seems that punk might be a bit of a petty douche right seems it and he he walked into that post media scrum and we'll get into that in a sec with such a face on that do you think it was actually because of MJF getting a much bigger reaction from his hometown than he did I mean, who knows? To, to my mind, you would expect it because he's been absent and the crowd love that kind of return. But he, it, something pissed him the fuck off before he went into that post-media scrum. Yeah. It's an interesting one, this, because I, I don't feel like CM Punk hates MJF the way he hates a no, lot no. of people. He, he vented about a lot of stuff. He didn't actually attack MJF at all. There, well, he did He did a bit, but not in the same way. Because basically someone asked him, like, oh, you know, what do you think about MJF coming back? And he's like, you know... It, I hate having to work with these little pricks who, you know, know nothing about the business and all this kind of stuff. So he did bury him a little bit, but I don't know. I, I don't know whether the fact that the, the fans cheered more for MJF was a factor, or I, I, I honestly think he knew he'd fucked himself up in that match and injured himself, and knew straight away, well, for fuck's sake, I'm going to be out injured again. And it was more of a reaction to that. To be honest, I think. You can say as many negative things about Punk, and a lot of them are probably true. I think he probably felt like he let Tony and the company down because he went through all this rigmarole to then give him the belt again, and he knew he was fucked, and well, you know it was a waste. That that is a tough thing to deal with, and if that's why he's sort of gone in with the attitude he has, then so be it. But like, he needs to wear his big boy pants and not like burn the entire fucking. Uh, locker room down with him. Oh, you're absolutely because, right. <laughs> to get, get get the fuck over it and stop uh, ranting at people. Yeah, no, I mean, it, yeah, you're absolutely right. I'm not, I'm not condoning anything that. Oh no, I know what you're saying, but like, I'd love this to be a reason because he clearly was annoyed going in. He, right? he was, he was and, raging, wasn't he? Let's be honest. Like, let's. I know he's had some interactions with Hangman and stuff like that, but not to the point that he needed to have this big fucking rant. You know what I mean? Like. Yeah. Hangman wasn't even interacting with him. He wasn't there. By all accounts, he wasn't even there for the post-match brawl. But um, it just—it was just so. I want to say out of character, but the more you're hearing about, the more you like. A lot of people saying like, "Oh yeah, he is hard to work with, and he can be a bit of a dick." Hmm. You're like, maybe it's not out of character. I don't know. Yeah, I just realised I had a, a lovely image of MJF's return that I didn't put on when we were talking about it, so I just wanted to see his beautiful little face. Yeah. I'm, I'm, and you know I'm what upsets me the most? Go on. Ryback feels vindicated now. <laughs> I know it's slightly unrelated, but when Ryback's now on the internet going, I told you, I told you what Punk was like. It's like, shut up, Ryback. This, the, the events that transpired were so bad that even fucking Ryback now feels vindicated. Yeah. Punk, if you, you know. do listen to this, which I hope you do, I want you to think about that consequence, right? Never mind all the other shits, right? Ryback now thinks he's right because of you. Look what you did, you little jerk. Um, <laughs> yeah, shocking. 
absolutely crazy everything that transpired but yeah obviously we're not, we're not doing it this week in wrestling this week so essentially yeah there was a if you've read you know you watch the news or you know you listen to it there was a post media scrum fight backstage with cm punk the young bucks kenny omega all getting involved amongst others and essentially as a result of that on dynamite this week tony khan um you know stripped both cm punk and Young Bucks and Kenny Omega of both the world title and the trios titles. Now, Punk, we know, is going to be away for six to eight months yeah, at least, least yeah. um, with his injury. We don't know, nothing's been confirmed in terms of his you know, suspension status yeah, or anything like that. Him and the Elite are all suspended indefinitely at the moment. There hasn't been a, a return yeah. date for him. Well, I mean, did, you know, pending the investigation, there was people saying that it could go as far as him being released from the company. Now, I can't see it. I think Tony loves him. He's you know he's a massive mark for CM Punk. He went to all. I think I mean there's balances yeah. Like if we're getting to a point like and I know a lot of it's rumor mill stuff. We're getting to the point that the Bucks and Omega are like saying we're gonna fucking leave. It's a balance for Tony, isn't it, to go? Well, do you keep Punk or do you keep Kenny in the Bucks? And by Mm. all accounts, in terms of like people who are liked in the locker room, I think people like Kenny in the Bucks a lot more than they like Punk. Yeah, potentially. Um, I, I suppose it's not always about who's liked more as well, though, is it? It's, in a sense of like when, a when you're standpoint. running a company and you've got to try and keep harmony in the locker room, it kind of is, you know? I know it shouldn't mm-hmm. be a popularity contest, but if it's going to piss a lot of people off, him getting rid of those three over Punk, essentially mm-hmm. getting rid of them because they leave, do you know what I mean? I'm not mm-hmm. saying that's how it would go, but if, if the risk is that they, they walk and then a lot of people get pissed off, mm-hmm. difficult, isn't it? Because look it at the domino effect, if they walk... Then you've got the potential for Adam Cole to want to walk. You've got the potential for Hangman to want to walk. You've got the potential for the Dark Order to want to join Hangman. Like, there's so many knock-ons. Like people who support the books and support Kenny. And mm. I don't, I don't know how far it goes. This is all purely speculation. But you go, well, it's a difficult. Like, if he's looking at trying to keep everyone there, he really needs to try and mend some fences. You know. Oh, he does. Yeah, definitely. Um, I think Tony would prefer not to lose anybody but it's obviously how do you he might take them all on a keep... retreat he's got the money he's got a lot of fucking money as he likes a to lot of fucking money. he might take them all on a retreat and they can all like meditate and get all zen and you know you Maybe. know harmonious Maybe. one another you know? um, but yeah so call it the all elite retreat all elite retreats I love that I feel like I planned that I didn't <laughs> so. Um, so yeah I, you know obviously we're going to see uh, what happens so we know that Death Triangle are now the new trio of champions and rightfully so d- deserved it from the beginning to be fair absolutely let's be good honest. I, I do think I joked about it before but it is an absolute shame that they held out so long because they wanted Kenny and the, the Bucks to be like the first trios and it lasted all the five seconds that's shit but mm-hmm. Death Triangle are the absolute fucking best choice right now to yeah. hold them belts Definitely. Um, and obviously there's a tournament bracket announced for the world title. And it's interesting where you go with this because you put it back on Moxley again. He probably, you know, deserves it, I, mean, I guess. Or... The, what I'd ask you about that is the tournament includes uh, Guevara and Darby Allen. Mm-hmm. Do you think either of them are realistic candidates? Or do you think no. they're just there to fill the roster? I think they're there just to fill the roster. I think they deserve to be there. Um, it's an interesting oh, one because... Without they, a doubt, what, do you expect them to it... win at this point? Well, they built it as based on the tournament of champions. Now, what I find curious is why is Brian Danielson in there? Because he's never won a belt in AEW, and they haven't called 
back to other people who've won belts outside of AW and put them in the tournament. Well, you see, then you so, can put anyone in that tournament, really, couldn't you? For me, I'm Ironically, it's... they didn't put um, Claudio in there, and he is currently a champion. Yeah. I, I actually think that could be the reason. I think maybe Danielson's going to win this. Because if you give it back to Moxley after all this, it's kind of like... Fuck's sake, again. I actually like, kind of want Daniel to, Danielson to win this. I think in terms of someone to work with MJF, I think that'd be fucking good as well. Hmm. well that's it. You know, you've got to you've got to wonder when that match is going to happen. At the end of the day, you can cash that in whenever he wants. It's kind of like a money in the bank, isn't it? So maybe. But imagine, right? Danielson wins it. We already know MJF's great on the mic. Imagine Danielson wins it, and we get to see just how great MJF could be in the ring. Because hmm. that's what they will bring to it between them. Yeah. I, I really want that. Well, the challenge is with it as well is MJF's kind of getting the, the face treatment now as well, whether he, whether he wants to or not. Um, and his promo was really good this week coming up, just being such an insincere prick. Just like, I love this sports team and this this guy on the back of match and all this kind of stuff. To then, as soon as Moxley comes out, like they already started to plant the seed for Moxley, which is interesting. So I, don't, I honestly don't know how they're going to go, uh, but I think we're going to see Moxley Danielson in the finals two Blackpool Combat Club members William Regal being all you know conflicted and I think it could go either way but I'd like to see it on Danielson I agree assuming he is also not working injured and can actually hold the belt down because that's the last thing you want is they finally crown another one and then he gets injured in the match <laughs> so that would just it be becomes the, a curse belt and no football the, yeah the worst of all scenarios let's be honest so we will see, but yeah, what a massive shame that the. I mean, the... I'm right in saying Jericho is in the tournament. We haven't really given any passing attention to him. Could we see a two-time champ out of Jericho? We could do. To be fair, it wouldn't surprise me. I think everyone's saying he's, you know, doing some of the better stuff in his career um, that he's done for a long time. So maybe. Why don't you go? On? I mean, I I wouldn't even mind seeing a Jericho MJF again. To be honest with you. Well, yeah. How did the end? I'm trying to think how they ended the last one. It was all. The... It was all getting convoluted with the pinnacle and JS. Oh, no, it wasn't even JS. Did he end it with that cage match? Mm, I can't remember. Did, did they do a blood and guts? Yeah, I think they did. I can't yeah, remember. Yeah. But yeah, there's loads of different directions. I think the people who are in the tournament all belong in there. I don't think I'd be fuming with any of them as champs, but I do think it'd probably be. I think Jericho's a good shout. Probably shouldn't exclude him, but I think it'll be one of. Jericho, Moxley or Danielson, which ironically are the three people who are the senior figures backstage running these talent meetings and stuff off the back of what's happened. So, you know, they're going to be this one of the... This could be the start of a, a better era in AEW, though. I think they're be. the right three. I really do. Yeah. I, I genuinely think they lost the way a bit in pushing the guys who got them to the dance. You know what I mean? Like, and Sammy Guevara is an interesting one because people just really despise him now and don't really want to see him wrestle, which is a whole different... You know, subject, but there were times when getting that X pack heat, didn't he? <laughs> yeah, there were times when Guevara and Darby and people like that were just featured prominently all the time, and it felt different and it was new and exciting. And now it is just kind of like, well, we need to find space for all these X WWE guys. So the irony yeah. is, and I never thought I'd say this because you know my favorite Cody. Times like this that they need Cody. <laughs> mm. You know, when you're getting this kind of turmoil you need the annoyingly optimistic Cody who loves the I wish place. I wish they had year one Cody year two and year three Cody in AW was, was awful unfortunately year one Cody was one of my favourite wrestlers on the planet at that time 
His promo was fantastic. His storylines are fantastic. Stuff he was doing with his brother, stuff he was doing with MJF, it was phenomenal. Stuff with Jericho, um, loved all of it. And then he just kind of really lost his way and started doing random. Like, I love the TNT title stuff he was lost doing. Lost his there. way so much he ended up in WWE. Exactly, it's fucking. I ended up here. Yeah, that's Thank a hell of a, it's a hell of a road, that isn't it? But yeah, hell it's interesting. Road. I can't wait to see what they actually do with it. But I do feel optimistic. We're going to start to see maybe a bit more of a return to form and return to roots when you haven't got a, you know, class eight, the likes of a punk and the elite and, you know, just give them what they want. But we'll see. So yeah, that was the all out fallout. Um, ended up coming in around 40 minutes that we were like, ah, oh, we'll probably try and smash this in 30, but we'd like to talk. Um, we don't yeah. smash nothing. <laughs> Another, um, yeah, apologies, we were late this week. Normally we, we, we record on a Wednesday and it's out my on bad. a Thursday. Well, life happens, though. Um, but obviously we'll hopefully have this out Saturday for your viewing and listening pleasure. And hopefully... Not just this, hopefully we'll have it all out. Oh. <laughs> oh, don't run away. Don't run away. Um, but yeah, so we'll have our... Yeah, we've got our three segments this week. So if you haven't seen them, we've got Clash of the Castle. We've obviously got this one you're listening to now. And we've got the news, and then we've also got an interview, which hopefully we'll get out in the next day or two as well, fingers crossed. Exciting stuff. Some exciting editing stuff. to do on there. Always exciting stuff. Wi-Fi let us down a little bit. A little bit and then, um, yeah, you know, maybe some surprises coming next week, you know, maybe you've noticed maybe, some maybe slight reason that Carl sat in front of a random game Changes in the... Uh, Maybe in some of our other videos, maybe the picture quality was clearer. Maybe, you know, see more wide angled with a green screen. What could possibly happen? Death angled. Oh, well. So, yeah, <laughs> yeah keep your eyes peeled um, next week as well because, yeah, we may look a little bit different next week. So, mm-hmm. until then, we'll leave you with the one and only legend, Griff Garrison, to say goodbye this week. This is Griff Garrison, and you're listening to A to the K. 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 A to the K.